0: And welcome back, one and all. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're still coming to you after all these years from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exonradiotv.com on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Exonation. My guest this hour is Steve Asher. And uh, Steve, welcome to the Exxon.
2: Hey, I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor.
0: Hey, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in becoming a paranormal researcher.
2: Well, uh, I don't know. Different people have different uh, motivations and mm-hmm. different start points. Uh, for me, honestly, it had to do with being a young kid that was... Had encountered certain things that I couldn't explain. Right, and it went from being really scared as a child and and doing a lot of precautions. You know, the type of kid that would sleep with a nightlight on and stuff like that. And it got to the point where I started just going to the local library of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I come from a small southern town, and you know, so the the library wasn't extensive in, in the things of you know, metaphysics and the paranormal and whatnot. But they had a, the 133 section, which had to do with that and Once I kind of started studying up a little bit on what I thought ghosts were and this, that, this and that, um, it gave me a little bit of peace of mind where, you know, what's the old saying? The only thing to fear is fear itself. Exactly. And and knowledge is power. So uh, initially I did it just to uh, keep myself from being scared and being able to sleep at night. I mean it's just that mundane. Um, As I got a little bit older, um, my interest you know, grew from just Mm -hmm. ghosts and started getting more into everything from ESP to – you know, all the different stuff, you know, uh, Bigfoot and UFOs and right. various, you know, parallel universe theories and whatnot. And uh, that's just where I kind of have stayed and maintained an interest in that. I mean, obviously, I have other interests, but that was uh, sort of my personal thing that I've seen that I did pretty well and, and then I felt comfortable in and I maintained an interest in.
0: I understand uh, you've uh, just completed your second book and it's available out there. And what is the title of your book?
2: Uh, the second book it's uh, through permuted press which is the same as the first book uh, the second uh this is the second part of of, of uh, what's going to be a trilogy but i may do a four part sure. uh, t- to end it but the name of it is hauntings of the western lunatic asylum that's the original name of the old hospital that was here uh probably 30 miles from where i am in princeton kentucky right. and um it had, had just a, a long history and very I don't want to say a checkered past, but obviously an old asylum. You know, you go from that day's what was considered innovative techniques, you know, lobotomies right. and whatnot, and you know you get a lot of old ghost stories from from workers and this and that, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of why my, the original book, which was Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, which I actually had worked at for uh, going on ten years, mm-hmm. and got stories of my own, not to mention some from other officers and supervisors.
0: Uh, the name of the the second book is once More Time is Hauntings of the Western Lunatic Asylum. All right. What kind of experiences did you have working there as a, as a corrections officer?
2: Now, as of uh, now, as of the second book, mm-hmm. this is where I got these mainly from different people who had either worked at the hospital or oh, worked also at the penitentiary. Uh, see, the way it works is this. Uh, in this area, a lot of times the guys or the inmates, whatever you want to call them, that we would house at the Kentucky State Penitentiary mm-hmm. when they would act out to, to a certain degree or show a disconnect with reality and various sort of – various forms of self-abuse and mutilation and whatnot, we would farm those guys out to them to do like a 72-hour or however long psych eval right not? and we've kind of it was like a revolving door they always would kind of come back and they'd send them back to us and we'd send them back to them oh and gosh, yeah. there was always sort of this symbiotic thing between the two facilities
0: all right so what kind of let, let's just go back a few steps what kind of paranormal experiences have you personally had well uh
2: the one that really sort of set me off onto all this, Mm -hmm. uh, and understand since probably 2005, 2006, officially, uh, I had had an actual group that went, would go out and do investigations and whatnot. Um, and it was more, it was more based on helping people as opposed to, you know, we're going to catch a ghost or any of that. Um, but my, what do you call my maiden voyage off into this? I was, I was maybe nine or ten years old. I wasn't very old. Um, it was summertime, and I had a friend sleeping over. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we were in our little room, and so we were getting ready to go to bed. We were still awake. We were just, you know, turning the television off, getting ready to go to sleep. And my friend kind of acted a little odd, and he's like, "Do you feel that?" And I'm, and i was like, I "Did feel sort of a somewhat of a change in the air, um, almost a pressure change." I didn't think a whole lot about it, um, but looking around, we had – I had an open doorway, and where I lived was in a rural area. So when lights go out, there's not a lot of street lights and, and all that, so it gets dark. Yeah. So um, I saw something in the doorway, and obviously the, the doorway was open and it was black, but whatever was there was blacker than black, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It was just cast no reflection at all, and it was – I guess if the doorway was, say – seven foot or so it was all but seven foot tall and it was almost as wide as a doorway. And it wasn't, it's not what I would classify as a, a, you know, a shadow figure or hat man or anything like that. Uh, It was almost like a cloaked figure Mm. and it didn't say a word. It didn't have like glowing red eyes or any of the, any of that stuff. But it, it obviously scared me and my friend. And so he's like trying to figure out how to get out of the room you know, both the window and also the doors, both on the other side of the room. So, of course, I'm trying to calm him down, say it's going to be okay. And and I'm scared, too, but, but <laughs> I don't know what I'm – I'm sitting there kind of trying to, try to comfort this kid. And I'm sitting there going, I, holy crap, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so as, as this went on, it went on for – it wasn't that long, but it felt like forever. Uh, a few, you know, five, ten seconds passed, and you could feel like a draw, like a, almost like a draft. Pulling air past this thing, and I'm not talking Hollywood papers flying in the air like that, but it, it was enough that I noticed it. And being a young kid raised in, in the South and in the Bible Belt, the only thing I could think to do is I'm like, I'm gonna have to get some lights on in this room. Uh, again, it was an older home that had like mm-hmm. you know, like the pool, the pool light, you know, with the sure, little stream, yeah. so that's about a foot and a half past my edge of my bed and the doorway is maybe four or five foot past the edge of my bed well as i jump up and i i, I can't explain why i did this i don't explain it i was not never i was never a brave child um but it struck me to go this is what i would have to do so i stand up i go to reach for it as i'm going to reach for it of all things i start singing jesus loves me this i know i'm not sure why i decided to sing that song but for whatever reason that was what i had in my my armory and my repertoire. That's what I had. So as I, I was saying that I pulled the light switch. I fell back onto the bed and of course covered my head up like every kid in the world. And, uh, and I'm waiting there and I'm going, Jesus, Jesus, please stop. (laughs) Please stop whatever this is. And, and that wasn't an an extremely religious child, but I was at that moment. So anyway, um, the, the pressure changed. And so I got built up the bravery or whatever to peek out from the covers and Obviously, it was gone. Um, I talked to my friend about it, asked him what he saw. I didn't tell him what I saw. He recant, you know, basically recited the same thing that I saw and confirmed that. Uh, in fact, my friend never spent the night again, which who can blame him? Um, <laughs> heck, I didn't want to sleep there after that. But um, obviously, for a few nights after that, I'd be you know putting little Bibles around the room and stuff like sure. that. And, and I'm not a person that sees ghosts and things and you know i don't don't see jim morrison in my my raisin brand in the morning or something i'm (laughs) not that guy um and it never happened again like that it was it was a one it was a one uh, hit deal which thank thank goodness for that yeah um, that's really what set me off um obviously i'd seen things since then investigating also seeing things in the penitentiaries that i was at um but that was really the one that that was the kicker that was the one that started
0: it all My goodness, uh, yeah, I've never seen Jim Morrison in my serial either, and uh, I'll tell you something, if I had your experience, I would have had more than just a few Bibles, I would have had candles, and I would have gone to churches, and I would have borrowed some statues, you know, barbed wire, the entire thing, so, (laughs) wow, my goodness. You and I have to take our first break. Please stand by, Steve. Great having you with us. Exonation, right. our guest this hour is Steve Asher. His website is www.steveasher.com. That's www.steveasher.com. And listen, Exonation, whether you're a skeptic or a believer, send me an email. Tell me who you'd like to have on the show. It's always great getting your emails. Some of them are a little spicy, and I didn't know certain of you knew how to spell so many four lettered words but I know they come from the heart. So I've got thick skin doing this show for 28 years. You know, you kind of get used to a lot of things, dead chickens, dead goldfish, you name it. They come, you know, FedEx comes with a package they don't worry about bombs, they worry about dead animals, and rightfully so. Steve Asher and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget the X-Chronicles newspaper is available online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and for all the programming we have available on the X-Zone broadcast network, visit www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com xzbn.net I'm Rob McConnell, talk away. Call 213 401 0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213 401 0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere, 24 7 365.
1: You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand
0: And welcome back, everyone. Steve Asher is our special guest of this hour. His website is www.steveasher.com. Steve, tell us a little bit about your um, your paranormal investigating group that you have.
2: Well, uh, the name of it is the Caldwell County Paranormals. That's the mm-hmm. county that, obviously, uh, that I live in. Yeah. Um, it, some people say, well, why did you call it Paranormals? Uh, that's, that's not really a, a, a proper word. Um, what I wanted to do was, obviously, my interest is in the Paranormals. Or in the paranormal, mm-hmm. um, and I, I kind of, I kind of chafe at the whole ghost, hunting, you know, thing, and the, and that's fine. I mean, that's gets That's in entertainment, I guess, and and all that. And and there's a certain element of that. You you have to do something because it interests you and has some excitement into it. But, right. um, you know, if whatever these certain um, entities or or forces are, whatnot are um if they were human at one time obviously uh, I would assume they would keep some some sentience to them and wouldn't want to be gawked at and made fun of and um, you know it's one of those things where you know there's some shows that I won't get into but you know has that kind of come at me bro thing and yeah. uh,
0: they're disrespectful
2: really, it, it is very disrespectful yes. and um, I don't know maybe it's because yeah you know, uh, I'm a southerner. But there's a thing – if there's a certain etiquette, there's a certain kindness you want to extend to somebody, especially if, if, if the conventional wisdom is these are people who have become lost and turned around and you know are confused. Mm-hmm. Why make it worse? I mean when I drive in larger cities, I get turned around, and I would hate to be treated that same way. And it's about – usually for us, a lot of times there's people that have children that are – don't know what they're seeing or, or whatever – you know again power entity or whatever you want to call it sure. um they're scared by it and and they either want to try to help it move along or whatever you know there's most people just want their kids to be able to sleep at night you know they don't want to everybody have to be sleeping in the living room like you know you've seen like in some of them some movies yeah but um and that's the thing i, I do want to say I'm, I'm not here to sell anybody on the paranormal i don't even say that whatever these people are seeing are ghosts because there's no quantifiable proof that there are ghosts. And there's mm-hmm. not. There there aren't ghosts. Um, I tend to think toward that there would be an afterlife, just in some of the things kind of I've encountered and EVPs and you know electronic voice phenomena, things that I've caught that seem to be responding to questions. But um, like I said, it's you can't really be a researcher. You're either a true believer, or a full skeptic. Which you know, if you're completely you're completely full skeptic to a naysayer, you're not really being open enough to any sort of information or stimuli that may counter what you believe. You know, I try to sort of stay in the old dragnet, just the facts. Here's what was seen. This is what was felt. This is what they reported. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the temperature changes we've got and whatnot and let the reader decide that. Um, the way I wrote the books were they are fictional stories, but based on true events, different people's experiences, some of my own experiences and you know, take them as what they are, take them as some good ghost stories, uh, being my, my mother's family is from the Appalachian areas of, of Kentucky, which is very hilly and, you know, clannish. And they had a lot of they had a very strong oral tradition of stories. And I think I got that, uh, from my mom and her side of the family, because obviously you can't shut me up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just one of those things that I love a good story and, you know, especially if it's got truth in it. Yeah. And that that really draws people, and because they'll ask me, and it's like you know, how how do you how do you sleep, you know, knowing that this is out there? And I'm like, well, I mean, it was there before I realized it. You know, it's just if, if anything wanted to hurt me, seriously harm me, or do anything like it, it probably would have by now. And I take precautions, and uh, but it's just one of those things. It's uh, it's just a great interest to me. And and it seems like people have really responded positively about it.
0: I think it has a lot to do with your attitude. I I, I love it. You know, oh, I appreciate I, I, it. I love the attitude and and the honesty and the sincerity that comes across as well. Tell well, me, I started to
2: say, I don't. I'm I'm really I'm real bad about taking compliments. I appreciate that, but I don't I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be that way. Everyone should be that way.
0: Um, I agree be with you. I agree bigger, with you. world, you yeah. know. See, I agree with you, and that's what part of the part of the compliment was made for because many people that I have spoken to over the years who claim to be paranormal investigators or ghost hunters or whatever do not have the same values and virtues that you have. So my hat is off to you for having that kind.
2: What would you well, say I'll was the I'll most... To say just, I was just going to say thank mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, They're the ones that stayed on me about it. But hey, I, 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 do I agree with you.
0: It. I agree. So uh, thank you to Steve's mom and dad for that. Tell me about the most... Compelling case to date that you and your group have worked on. Wow, um,
2: let me think. There was a there was a couple ones that were pretty, that were pretty hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been checking out and getting some reports about a female or an entity that appeared to be female um, in an outer lying part of Princeton. I don't want to give a location, obviously. I, I appreciate that. And well, researching it. And getting more information on it, and um, getting, you know, getting some responses and some EVPs and temperature changes and and EMF meter things and going off. Which you know, I'm a very simple tool guy. Um, you can really rack up a lot of money for a lot of gadgets and bright lights. Um, I go a lot on gut instinct. Mm-hmm. That served me well in law enforcement. It, it serves me well now. Um, I try to go about it um, with using the scientific method. I, I study, you know, with criminal justice, and I try to go with that. Uh, but we were checking this and that out, and come to find out that there was a young woman back in the mid '50s, early '60s who, well, she she uh, was pregnant, and this is during a time, especially in the South, that's that's, you know. Not particularly a good thing for an unwed, unwed teenage girl. Um, thank God times have changed, but uh, she ended up having to go to what they would call a back, a room abortionist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't get too gory, but obviously it went wrong, and the the woman uh, bled out. Oh God! And sure. her, well, her sister was trying to get her out of there, and the guy was obviously like, "Look, if someone knows I did this, I'll do, I'll rot in prison forever." And there was a Shotgun around, and they so they were trying to fight over the shotgun, and apparently it it cut the uh, cut the young woman who was bleeding out in half, to where she ended up being put on a couple railroad ties and dropped down into a well
1: hmm.
2: that was right in the area. And you know when you get things, you know where it sounds like someone's you know garbled and gasping for air, and you get all kinds of different weird things like that. That really struck me because a because that's a local story that that happened. You know, I could go probably within, you know, a county and find mm-hmm. some of the family related to that. Um, I've never released anything about that story because, again, for respect for Privacy. the person, sure. respect for their family, and there's a lot of that. Um, you know, uh, we had been in some places where, where there had been a house fire, uh, there had been a, a pretty bad fire, and there was supposedly an entity. Uh, accosting the children causing mm-hmm. scratches and things like that where we had to go in there and try to talk this thing out and try to figure out what it is um we were using uh, i don't know if you're familiar with
0: divining rods yes, I I am. That yeah probably, uh, pr-
2: that i probably it probably sounds like you know me coming in there with an abacus but no it's the a, thing,
0: aren't they called aren't they all isn't that part of dowsing
2: Well, yes yes yeah. I, mean, I mean it all comes from that yeah. and the thing was m- like you said again the modern concept is well you first of all you have to have black matching shirts and caps and you have to have x amount of gear and you got to have 14 cameras and you have to have it live streaming you know that's that's the mindset and i'm not don't mean to sound like an old old bitter guy but i'm like come on um but we went in there like i said with our basic equipment and the good thing about rods is that even if you encounter something it has no batteries to drain Mm -hmm. exactly you know Right. So anyway, while we were doing this, um, we kept getting uh, a, just odd sounds—rattling, tapping, beating against the walls, uh, like somebody's popping it with their hand, you know, smacking it. And uh, my wife, who ghost hunts with me, Cheyenne, she was telling this this thing, like, "Look, these are children here, you know," because it, it felt it felt male. It just right. felt very aggro, and it felt male. And um, she said, "Look." I don't know what kind of man you are, but you're not being a man treating these children like this. And one of our other team members were holding the rods and they would crossed in for yes, cross out for no. Well, it kept kind of seesawing back and forth. And then once it said that it crossed completely up to where it, it hit the person that was using it on their shoulders. And the rod actually caught my wife in the throat. It oh actually gosh. left about a, a, two or three inch scratch enough that it, it drew blood. So, uh, there was there were times like that. I mean, there was times when uh, there was another time when we actually had a box fan, like you know, you'd put see in the floor, mm-hmm. lift up and fly past us and hit the wall and shatter. Um, you know, it was one of those things. It, it, that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. And I would love to see a show that people went there, they did their stuff, and sometimes they didn't catch anything. Sometimes they didn't get any reaction at all because that's the truth of it. The reality of investigating is. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of listening to audio. There's a lot of going to the courthouse, trying to find out who lived here and where. And then, you know, if there's any, you know, water, you know, running water in the home that can cause a snap, or how far is it from some sort of train tracks and whatnot. And so there's a lot of that. It's not as sexy, I guess, as they try to make it on television.
0: Um, Well, let's take a break here because I do have to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. Steve, great having you with us. Exo Nation Steve Asher is our special guest this hour. SteveAsher.com. And we'll come back to talk more about the paranormal, things that go bump in the night, and who knows what else. Steve Asher is my guest. We'll be back. Don't go away. And welcome back everyone, Steve Asher is my guest, he is an author, he is a paranormal researcher, and he is also a criminologist, I'm sorry, you're a uh, Department of Corrections officer, right, DOC? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so go on, continue with what you were telling us about before we had to go for this ominous break.
2: Well, uh, like, I, like we were talking about um, in regards of just shows and things like that, mm-hmm. Um it, it, it's just sort of a weird thing that um, I, my research and whatnot and all that, that was for pure personal satisfaction, pure pure personal curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the the thing about writing the books was a complete happenstance. Uh, uh, knew uh, an author and and we were talking about this and that. And the thing I need to say right off, right off jump is that I'm a fan of this type of stuff. You know, I, I got introduced to To this in the states through guys like you know art bell and and whatnot and um so i was a a fan of of this genre and stuff like that so sometimes i would hear different people on and go hey you know that was a really interesting you take that you had on say hollow or theory or that's a really interesting take that you had on you know abductions and abduction scenarios and whatnot and so it was just a thing where i was talking to a friend Mm -hmm. and they said uh so you worked in the penitentiary system and I was like right and so they were talking about well, was was it like a regular prison or like a supermax I was what's well, a supermax and so we touched on some of the stuff that we saw and some of the paranormal stuff we saw and and my friend said uh, do you ever write this down or is it just in your head i said well i mean i've got someone who wrote down you know a fair amount if it's in my head but he says well can, can i just see a, you know a, a sample of this i'm like well i'm not a writer i'm but sure you know so they Long story short, he looked at it and he said, "Hey, can I show this to my editor?" Which I thought, well, he must need a laugh today, because I'm not a writer. Um, he said, "No, well, just humor me. Can I just show it to my editor? You know, I'm just curious what he thinks about it."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, about a week or so goes by. I'm doing my thing because, um, as I spoke to you before, um, you know, I work I work with special needs adults through the day, right. and uh, that's kind of what my day my my other persona is, you know, I do that and advocacy for special needs children and, and all that. But he comes back and goes, um, do you have any more of these? I'm like, Yeah, a, a buku load, you know? And he's like, um, could you think you could get sixty five thousand words? I said, I don't And I'm you know, I'm still like deer in the headlights, like, what are you talking about? He says, Oh, he wants to release your book. I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm not a writer. He says, Well not yet. I mean it was one of them th- one of those things where it was very much kind of pulled into that thing um and I thought it would never get released. I just thought it would get shot down or, you know, the, the penitentiary would freak out too bad because it's you know the thing about law enforcement. You know that, that, that blue line. You really have to be careful and, and which I am anyway out of respect, but you know, you don't want to sour your relationship, you know, with, with these people. So and I was like, Well, let me kinda ask around and so I talked to a few people about it and you know They thought it sounded interesting, and, you know, it's just ghost stories. Go ahead. You know, as long as I didn't put out any names, things like that, security protocols. Well, you use, you know, key X4 to open this gate, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And so I I just waited for them to go, I were fooling, but then here it comes. And then first edits and back and forth, and then, you know, send me a, well, here, what kind of cover do you want? And I'm thinking it's just not going to fly. This is interesting, but it's not going to fly, and then it's actually out. And then I'm like, oh, crud. And then I'm waiting for the backlash or people going, this is horrible, you know. But um, people seemed okay with it because I think, like you said, I tried not to beat them over the head with any, um, what do you say? Just a line in the sand of this is what is reality, this is what it is, uh, you know, and I try to tie it in in that way, you know. So it was extremely strange to have uh and like i said i'm very new to it you know i'm still getting used to those shoes uh, i'm sure it's a f- similar thing like when you first started doing radio then you started having people go like hey i know your voice
1: mm-hmm.
2: or like this or you know doing doing you know autographs and things like that which still seems so weird to me um i actually before getting into corrections played a lot of music uh, did a little radio here locally so i was in the mind of a um, musician and, and an entertainer so when it came time to do this, I'm thinking I have no skill set for it, but it's strange because to a point you have, you know, entertainment is entertainment. And, you know, even though I am trying to write things that are rooted in fact, and I, I did legitimately investigate, mm-hmm. it's a thing where, you know, people want to hear the the odd little stories and other things like that. And I don't know if it's just a certain personality seem to respond you know, or, or people respond better to, because, you know, there's a lot of people that, might do something like a talking head, or they may do something like, "Well, look how awesome I am! Look what I did! Look at, you know, I'm telling this demon over here to do whatever." Which, first of all, if, if you button to counter a demon, you probably won't last for a few seconds. Uh, anything that would be considered a, a non, non-human, eternal entity, I don't want any part of. Um, I'm smart enough to know I'm not that smart. So, um, so yeah, yeah, it's just. Uh, was like I said, again, it was just really weird to kind of be wearing, uh, wearing that cap.
0: Um, how do you, if someone was to contact you and say, Steve, I've, I think I've got something going on in my home. My kids aren't sleeping. They are, they're telling me about shadows they see, and it's keeping them up all night. And I'd like you and your, your crew to come down here and take a look. How would you proce- proceed in this investigation?
2: Well, obviously, uh, just like any situation, you, you kind of vet the person. You, you get a little bit of an idea, check your background out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually you can kind of tell on the person. I mean, it, it's hard, sometimes it's hard on the phone. If you're speaking to somebody face-to-face, you can generally b- read body language and, and their intent. Um, if it's somewhere pretty close, it's not a problem at all, um, which we don't, we don't charge for anything like that. I don't – you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I charge for books. That's of course. different.
0: You're but, an author.
2: Well – I mean, you know, it's one of these things, you know, I, I still feel weird about charging people for books, but I'm sorry guys, I'm going to, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just a thing where when it comes to something like that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't charge for anything like that. And, um, you know, short of like, they were like, Hey, we're, we're in Atlanta, but was just like six hours from us, you know, I was like, well, look, if you could maybe help with gas or maybe, if, you know, throw us some food while we're there or something where you know, we could try to do something like that. But, um. Yeah, I mean, we're happy to help anybody that we can. I mean, obviously, you try to do as much, you know, between between the distances mm-hmm. that you can. And and you know, a lot of times, if it's something that people feel are negative, and this is coming from a guy, I don't, I'm I'm still not particularly religious, uh, but it's a thing of going, look, um, what is your line of faith? Do you have a line of faith? You know, maybe speak to a religious leader, or maybe pray on it, or maybe. Whatever, if you use smudging sticks as part of your stuff, cleanse your home that way. Um, you know, there's a lot of steps three, four, and fives before jumping all the way to six and loading up and flying in or something. That's, Mm -hmm. that's just not something in my, in, in my economic wheelhouse to, to do, which I would love to fly and buzz all over different places and investigate stuff. That's just, I'm a dad, you know, know, we've got, we've got, you know, uh, six kids and, um, it's one of those things, you know, dad's got to keep, uh, Got to keep bringing the bacon.
0: I know that feeling well. So but, how, what, how what's but, the furthest that you've traveled away from your home to do an investigation?
2: Well, um, when we were in Thailand, um, we were actually there handling my oldest son's adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember when they had that big uprising. They had had a, their prime minister was ousted. And another person took over. It was basically a coup, and we were supposed to be down there for two weeks. This was right after monsoon season, so they're still recovering from just a lot of death. And um, it was a real volatile time. Seems like a lot of times a natural disaster will really amp up people's emotions. Obviously, well, while we were there, um, instead of it being a two-week thing, we ended up being down there for over a month. Oh my gosh! And yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly seeing guys riding up down the streets in the big. Like you would select them in the back of big hay trucks or corn trucks with, you know, masks and guns and loudspeakers. And because I, I, I didn't know the language. So, but while we were there, we had uh, interpreters that were very kind to us. And as you know or may not know, that, you know, a lot of Asian countries have a lot of ancestor worship and mm-hmm. have like ghosts, ghosts for. Uh, hungry ghost, if you drop food on the floor, don't touch it. That's for the hungry ghost. Uh, there's people, you know, when you're cutting bananas down off from a tree, you tell the banana ghost, thank you for this and that. It is, it's strange, but it's very polite, if I, if that makes any sense. It's it's to the point of you thank everything, you know, which is kind of a good way to go about it. You know, you take fish and water, you thank the water, the water ghost, you take, you know, this and that. Um, it, you're thankful for every step of your day. But, and by doing that, you know, sometimes they would have kind of like night hag situations. You know, angry ghosts, people, mm-hmm. they were disenfranchised. franchised. Uh, and, you know, we were able to like check out some places that were, were supposedly haunted and stuff. And that was really great. Um, so that would probably be the furthest that we ever did anything huh. paranormal. Like, in regards of, you know, on the other side of the, other side of the planet.
0: So, so, based on your experience and your knowledge and your training as a law enforcement officer what do you think a ghost is wow what is a
2: ghost honestly i mean i okay i will give you and this is just my um opinion speculative and if you want to say learn it i don't i I hate to say that I hate when people say, well, this guy is a paranormal All right, expert. why don't we do this. this? Why don't we do this? You know what I'm saying. Sure,
0: why don't we do this? I'm going to take my final break, and that'll give you a couple of seconds to come up with a good answer because I don't want I, – I, maybe I put you on the spot and I didn't mean to. So oh, this no. is my way of trying to redeem myself with you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> give you a couple of seconds, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break with Steve Asher. His website is www.steveasher.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And I'm here Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, Broadcast Network, and on AM 1600 in St. Helens, Oregon. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
2: www.williamspeckham.com.
0: Exo Nation, Steve Asher is our special guest this hour, www.steveasher.com. And Steve, thanks very much for joining us. It's a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you continued success in your career as a new author. And uh, to you and your group who goes out there dedicating themselves to trying to understand what this anomaly, this phenomena is all about, continued success. But let's get back to my question. Based on your experience, based on the investigations that you've done with your group and your experience as a law enforcement officer, what do you, Steve Asher, believe ghosts are?
2: This is what I feel. And again, this is only my... uh my feelings and, like you said, my experiences, everything has certain levels of bioelectric mm-hmm. energy. Um, it's said even running water produces a certain amount of current. Uh, I know a lot of Native Americans believe that you know rocks, this and that, trees, the air, everything has a spirit. Yeah. Um, it sort of borders on that, but it's the energy. It's the energy that drives us all. It's the energy that connects us all on the subatomic level. And, and I know I'm starting to sound a little ancient aliens, and I apologize. Oh, I apologize. But it, it, well, I'm just saying I think that the energy that we all have, especially your passions, mm-hmm. and sometimes in death, sometimes it's not pretty. And that's why it seems like a lot of times that there are – connections to places that are have had seen brutality and deprivation and various sort of uh, exploitation and abuse i believe that that strength that energy which would equate to some sort of electrical impulse remains Uh, i think that's why a lot of times people you know you've always heard that you know it was a dark and stormy night which of course sets the mood but you know the electrical energy in the air, you know, that's all tied into it. I really feel that it all comes down to 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 that basic energy that connects us all. I don't want to say call it the force, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. There's there's a connection that everybody has, and everybody has the earth, even though you know a lot of people have kind of disconnected from it, but it's still there. And to me, if if it whatever ghosts are, whatever that energy is, whatever that consciousness is you know, transmuted in some sort of bioelectrical force. And that now, again, that's just my personal theory. Um, Because like I said, you know, you feel energy. You feel the intent of sometimes of people. You can come into a room that's just had like a very large argument or a heated thing, or you can go into a place that you don't know anything about, and the room feels incredibly oppressive and... Come, you know, you learn that that particular room is where someone was left in there and starved to death, or something like that. It, we know much more than we want to accept. Um, I think just like a police officer can vet an area or a person very quickly. A hunter can look down a path that seven other people walked past and said, "No, this over here is the mm-hmm. game trail." Can't you see how this is with the limbs? Right. You work on that. You become. You get an eye. For it. And and that's just something I've noticed. You know, it it always feels, I always feel the situation before I ever get something. You know, I may be in a situation and I'll feel something. I go, hey guys, please take some pictures over here. And usually when I do, there'll be some sort of anomaly or there'll be some sort of weird EVP or there would be some sort of pressure that, you know, that I feel and then that would coincide with different readings. Um, And it may not be it might kind of be pseudoscience, but that's, I just go on my gut. And if I have stuff that backs up the stimuli I'm feeling and especially if I can repeat that, that to me holds water.
0: How does it, you know, have you ever, you, you get that gut feeling and you tell somebody to take a photograph there and bang and you know, there's something there because you felt it that, that like you're, talking about that connection, whether it be ESP, whether it be some other sort of phenomena that has yet to be discovered. But how do you explain EVPs where you can't hear the voice, and yet when you play the recording back, whether it's digital or analog, there's a voice there?
2: Well, think about it. Um, Especially like in digital. You know, there's, you know, the way it would pick up you know, I think it still goes back to electromagnetic energy. You know, tapes pick up an electromagnetic, you know, signature, you mm-hmm. know, what would trans uh, transmute back to music once it comes off the tape. Um, so, I mean, to me, it kind of goes back to that. It goes back to that basic electrical charge of the world of, you know, everyone's got it. But, but I thing, guess my question is was I was just, just going to say that – please don't make it uh, – please don't think that I'm trying to say that I'm like – You know, some, you know, all seeing guy Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's something everyone has. And just if some people have taught themselves not to hear or see things, you Uh, know, that's the only difference.
0: What do you think about these TV shows? Are they pro or con when it comes to the legitimacy of what you and other serious groups are trying to do?
2: Well, and like I said, obviously, you know, we have fun and we joke and this and that. I mean, uh, no one wants to go do anything and just be sour faced about it. I have I have great fun doing this. Uh, there's sometimes you see stuff that it, it, that breaks your heart, especially when it's got to do with children. It's mm-hmm. Um I've seen some very good ones. Um, there's a show called uh, Kindred Spirits here in the U.S. Uh, I really like that. I think they go, in at, go into it with the intent of helping the family, not just doing a photo op in using these people's miseries. Um, I've seen a lot of them that do just that, you know, do the opposite and go for the, uh, you know, oh, the mother's crying, get, get tighten in on this shot. You
0: sure, the, the that's, ratings. That's,
2: that's, that really bothers me. I can't watch those shows. I've watched a few shows like that. And like I said, again, people, some people really like that. And that's fine, but that's not me. Um, I've talked to different people, you know, they've asked about, well, hey, why don't we do, maybe something relating to your books or relating to your, what you do in, you know, research, you know, maybe like a pilot or whatever. And I'm like, guys, I, I, I can't BS it. I'm not going to BS it. I'm not Mm going to fake, you know, evidence. I'm not going to, you know, it's so it kind of makes me not viable, a viable tool. (laughs) I don't play well with others on that just because, you know, because I've heard people say, I've heard producers tell people, you know what? Nobody's going to know. And, you know i'm like i i don't know and they'll know they'll, they they know they could tell my body mm-hmm. the way i'm carrying myself i'm i'm not a particularly good liar um which i guess is a bad thing nowadays but
0: no it's a good yeah, thing if is. you're in law enforcement
2: well you know what i mean though yeah uh it's just a thing where um yeah i, I have I have a really bad poker face but yeah i mean it's it's a trend that i've noticed but i think it's a thing where sometimes hollywood or whatever goes oh well, this is what people want and i think people just have to use their power of not watching this mm-hmm. and not giving us the ratings um that's what, I, what it comes down to i i think sometimes people go for the for the
0: uh shock well, and all
2: the common denominator yeah the shock and all quality of it mm-hmm. and um and don't get me wrong there's some really dark stuff in these books that i've wrote yeah um you can't hardly write that kind of stuff and not touching some pretty dark stuff i mean the, the next books i'm writing about have have the same sort of situation if not worse but you can be respectful in it you don't have to make a mockery of in a circus of somebody um and like i said i'll get off my soapbox but i try to i try to make ourselves stand apart by yeah. doing that because i mean there's a lot of places like okay, in in Kentucky you have, most people think of Waverly Waverly Hills, yep. which is a large sanitarium, which is the kind of the sister one off on the other side of the state. the the Western Lunatic Asylum, which is now called the uh, Western State Hospital, after World War One when all the soldiers were coming back shell shocked and they said, look, we're not going to be calling this. They're not a, they're not lunatics, these are servicemen. So they changed with the times, you know. But, you know, um, I would much rather check that out. Mm-hmm as opposed to dealing with all the sensational hype of that, which there's nothing wrong with that place. I know a lot of people visit it, that love it. And if I could go in there and it was just, you know, me and whoever and cameras and do a legitimate this and that without any, you know, that you pretty much know they're not setting up some sort of stimuli to go, Oh, there's a ghost or the door flew open. Um, not that I'm saying they're doing that, but you know, it is a business. They want to draw people. If there's no activity, you know, it kind of would seem like people wouldn't come. Right. So. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it leads me. I do a lot in Western Kentucky because that's what I know. Western Kentucky, you know, uh, east, you know, uh, Western Tennessee and, and Southern Illinois. That's my stomping ground. Um, so that's what I what I focus on because there's a lot of really spooky stuff in this area and interesting stuff. Um, that people just don't know because, you know, most of this area and going off into Missouri and all that are fly, kind of flyover states. The people on the coast have no clue about it because that's not that's not in
1: the flight. Line is at, yeah.
0: You know, listen, we've got about a minute left. Well, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well,
2: uh. I would like to say, again, thank you for having
0: me on, oh, and, and thanks pleasure. for all the folks listening. And uh, like I said,
2: I'll, as always, if they want to contact me, as, as you said, you're going to put some links up to mm-hmm. my, uh, my page, which is steveasher.com. E. That's all lowercase and together. Um, just be kind to each other. And, and I know it might sound a little hippy-dippy, but be kind to each other and you know, think before you act.
0: Hey, and, listen, the hippies had the right idea. Society well, was you know, just stupid.
2: No, <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I was I was born in 69, so I was mm-hmm. on the tail end of that. But it's just a thing of uh, just be kind to each other and and worry about each other and the rest
0: will work itself out. Um, hey, Steve, yeah, I hate I, to do this, but our time is up, my friend. I'd love to have you back on in the future to discuss more of the, the topics that happen in Kentucky that you and I have been talking about tonight. Until then, take care of yourself and my regards to your crew.
2: Thank you, sir, and God bless. Hey,
0: God bless and you. Stay safe out there, will you? All right, Exxon Nation, Steve Asher has been our guest this hour, www.stevieasher.com, And I'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.